Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus rant. This is episode 37, The Love Letter. And I kind of want to pick up where we left off last week in, I believe it was last week, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, I believe I read the whole chapter in the context of the mirror, in the context of really moving from the old into the new, uh, taking the veil off of our faces so that when we look into the mirror, we're not just looking at the mirror, we're not just looking at surface stuff and seeing all of our blemishes, but we're looking into our own selves and we're seeing our true identity, which is Jesus. You can't see that with a veiled face. You can't see that with the veil of the law or the old covenant uh, preached. That that black cloud, I guess you could say in a way, hanging over us with the do's and don'ts that make us feel like we're a failure really stops us from being able to lay aside the sin or unbelief and the weight that so easily besets us in order to be who we are. So, like I said, I read the whole chapter of Second Corinthians chapter 3, but I really want to back up and read the first three verses of that chapter, and I want to do it in a couple of different translations of the Bible, because a lot of times uh, I hear the question, and and really for a long, long time, I asked the question myself of, you know, who are we? Why are we here? What's our purpose? What's this life for? Why was I created? What am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? How do I do it? You know, all those uh really questions of self-discovery, questions of understanding not only who we are, but in a very real sense, why we are. And getting to a place where we can stop trying to be someone we're not, and we can instead just be who we are. We can let God, who is our true identity, Jesus, God in the flesh, love in a body, God in our flesh, love in our body, we can let Jesus be who he is in us and through us and as us. And in that way, we can experience his abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life of love. So again, like one of the biggest parts of, of my ministry, of the Word Without Walls ministry, is just really this idea of our identity. That's the first Jesus book I wrote, Identity Crisis. That's what God really laid heavy on my heart is to to help people, again, stop trying to be someone you're not and instead be who you are by knowing who you are. And that's why I want to do a podcast episode today called The Love Letter because when you get right down to it, when you when you boil it down to the bottom line, or as Logan would say, the top line, because you put what's important on top. We are God's love letter to the world. That's like as simply as I can put it. God is love, but love is a verb. Love is an action word. It's charity. It's love in action. So in order for God to be love, he has to express himself. And the way that he expresses himself is he expresses himself to us, in us, through us, and as us. He And he does that by expressing his love to us, 
in us, through us, and as us. It's all about love. So let me read in the, I'll start with the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And it reads like this. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. And again, the, that part at the end there, when, when it takes it out of tablets of stone and into the human heart, that's the shift from the old to the new. The, you know, the, the, the Ten Commandments, God literally wrote them on tablets of stone. But here, what we see when Paul is writing is we see a shift. We see a change. We see the end of one covenant and the beginning of a new covenant. And that's what Jesus accomplished on the cross when he fulfilled the law of Moses and he put it away and, and he got you know out with the old and in with the new. He brought something different and he replaced the old covenant with this new covenant. When there were 10 commandments in the old covenant and then Jesus came and said, a new commandment that I have for you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So he took all of the law and all of the prophets and he fulfilled them. Okay, he didn't just say these are bad and I need to get rid of them. He said these were proper for their time, but that time is now over. When it came to the appointed time of the cross, Jesus brought us out of something and into something. And what we're going to see uh, here, here in a little bit is that's what freedom is. It's being free from something, but it's also being free to something. And that's, and that, that's, that's very important. That's key. So what I want to hit here really hard is that uh, it says, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Think about that for a minute. Think about the people in your life, the people that are important to you the people that are there for you and really the people that aren't or, or weren't. When we have these connections with each other, when we build these bonds and these relationships with each other, we really do write ourselves on each other's hearts. We make an impression. We, we, we get to the point where we affect each other on a very real uh, and important and vital level. It is not good that man should be alone. And in a real way, man is never alone. Even, like I said, even when we have these connections with people who don't remain in our lives or don't last in our lives, we're never alone because we still have those memories. We still have those people in a very real way and in a very real sense in our hearts. It's such an important concept that we understand that the deep calls out to the deep, that the light in me connects to the light in you and that we really do have this deep, deep connection with each other. A lot of times, even without trying, even without really understanding or really knowing or, or, or really realizing it so many times. But again, it says, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. 
We affect each other. We matter to each other. What you do matters. What you say, what you do, how you treat people. And listen, how you treat someone says a lot more about you than it does about them. Because no matter who it is or what they're about or what they're doing, you can always love. You can always be kind. You can always show who you are. And by doing that, by showing who you really are, you can show who God is. God is love. God lives in you. When you fill yourself to overflowing with that love that he has already filled you with, and it comes out of you naturally, that's when people can read the love letter that he wrote that is you. And that's what it goes on. You know, it says, everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. So the idea here in the New Living Translation is receiving and releasing. It's being filled up with with somebody else's love, or, or really in this case, God's love, even if it comes from, you know, certain individuals. I believe God works in mysterious ways because he works through people and people are mysterious. But it's other people being able to read God's love in us as we let the, God's love that is in us come out of us. That's the whole point of the whole thing. And like I always say, if you don't know what to do, do what you know. Love. Give what you have. Be who you are. You don't have to try to be someone you're not. You, the best thing you can do is get away with Jesus and learn who you are by learning who he is, by letting him reveal himself to you, in you, through you, and as you. So it says, uh, clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is not. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. And that's going to be important later. So I really want us to grab that part about uh, not being carved on stone, but on human hearts. But now let me read this in the Message Bible before we go too much further. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-3 through 3 in the Message Bible reads, Does it sound like we're patting ourselves on the back, insisting on our credentials, asserting our authority? Well, we're not. Neither do we need letters of endorsement, either to you or from you. You yourselves are all the endorsement we need. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit. Not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And we publish it. I kind of like that where... From in the uh, in the NLT, it said it was carved on human hearts, but then in the Message Bible, it said, but carved into human lives. I like that connection because what's in your heart will manifest in your life. Uh, you know, I, I, I preach uh, and I rant a lot about uh, keeping your heart because out of it are the issues of life. I preach and I rant a lot about doing things heartily, which to me means doing them to the best of your ability, and doing them because they're in your heart to do it. Everything flows from the heart. Everything flows from our innermost being. Everything flows from who we really truly are, or, you know, more accurately, who we believe we truly are. What you believe is what will manifest in your life, either the, the, the report of the Lord or the, or the lie of the world. Like, those are basically your two choices. 
Uh, I've said it many times. You can't just believe that you're a millionaire and then check your bank account because that's not really believing. That's that's more hoping and, and really that's more just wishing than it is anything else. So the idea of, of what you believe is you can either believe what the world is telling you or you can believe what God is telling you. And whatever you choose to believe is what will manifest in your lives. So the important part about that is that with God's living spirit, he carved his letter of love into our hearts, into our lives. And and both of those uh, translations talk about how it was not written with ink, but with God's living spirit. And if you go a little bit further down in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you go down to verse 17, you see, for the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And again, I mentioned this before, uh, freedom has two parts. It's what you're free from, and it's what you're free to. We are free from sin and death and the law. We are free to live and love, because to live is to love, and to love is to live. They aren't just connected, they're the same thing. So basically, we're free from death, and we're free to live. And it's important that we grasp both sides of that coin, what we're free from and what we're free to, so that we can, you know, listen, people will abuse freedom. They just will. Different people have different motivations, and just because somebody is abusing freedom doesn't mean you should take that freedom away, because they will get theirs in the end. But the point is, is when you know what true freedom is, you don't need to abuse it. When you know what true freedom is, you, your motivation is not, well, I'm free, so I can do whatever I want. I'm not going to get in trouble. Well, listen, God may not punish you, but your actions do have consequences. I always like to say it like this. If you cheat on your wife, God will not punish you for it, but your wife probably will. Okay? Actions have consequences, and that's different than divine punishment. But the point is, is that when you understand the spirit of the Lord, when you understand the love letter that he's written on our hearts, when you understand what you are free from and what you are free to, it changes your motivation and you won't want to do things that you shouldn't be doing and get away with them. But instead, you will want to experience the, again, the the everlasting, eternal, abundant resurrection life of God. And you will experience that life by letting Jesus live his own life in you and through you and as you. You will fill yourself to overflowing with what you've already been filled with instead of going around trying to find something to fill yourself with. And I think that's such a big, again, such a big shift in priority, such a big uh, repentance, if I can say it that way, which simply means to think again in light of something that's happened, thinking differently in light of the cross understanding the finished work of Jesus and what it is and what it means and understanding that you don't have to try to be someone you're not in order to get something you think you haven't got. Jesus did all of the heavy lifting in order for us to be able to enjoy the fruit of his labor. He did what needed to be done in order for us to have what he wanted us to have. And he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus wanted us to have. He wanted us to have life. He wanted us to have his life. And really, this goes all the way back to the Old Testament, to the Old Covenant, to some of the prophets 
who spoke of Jesus coming, specifically Ezekiel. I want to read Ezekiel 36, 26, and it reads, And I, this is, you know, again, this is God talking. This is the, the prophet of Ezekiel uh, 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 letting the people know what God is saying. He says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. This is what was fulfilled on the cross. And this is what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians, this shift from old to new, this shift from stone to heart. You know, the, uh, the Bible says in another place that the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So we need to stop focusing so much on do's and don'ts. We need to stop focusing so much on condemning people and telling them what's wrong with them. We need to stop focusing so much on trying to be a quote-unquote good Christian. And we need to just really guard our hearts, keep our hearts, follow our hearts. Your heart will never lead you astray. And listen, I'm not saying that you can say or do whatever you want to say or do and say, well, that's what my heart told me to do and expect it to work out the way that you want it to. You have to understand the heart. You have to understand the nature of love. Love is giving. It's never about getting. It's not a stubborn, stony heart that, that wants to just get, get, get. It's a tender, responsive heart. And we respond to God's love by loving. We respond to God's love by receiving it and releasing it. By letting him fill us up with his love and then loving him back by filling ourselves up to overflowing with what we've already been filled with. By letting what God has filled us up with come out naturally. God and people. That's what I believe in. That's what I think is important. Loving God and loving people. Loving God by loving people. Letting people see what we're about. And I know that that can be tricky because even as quote-unquote Christians, we make mistakes. And when people know that we are quote-unquote Christians, when people know that we are followers of the way or followers of Christ, when people know that we are uh, churchgoers or religious or or spiritual, or whatever label you want to put on it, they watch us even more. They watch us even harder. They find these uh, higher standards to try to hold us up to, uh, basically, in my opinion, just waiting for us to fall, just waiting for us to get knocked off our high horse, because they they think that, I, I can't believe, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people describe Christians as judgmental and hypocritical and, and all of these different things. And it turns people off. A lot of times when people know you're a quote unquote Christian, it turns them off and they don't want anything to do with you. They think that, again, they think that you're, and, and it's funny because they're judging you, but they think you're judgmental and hypocritical. Because if you tell somebody you can't do this, you can't do that, and then you yourself are doing things that you maybe shouldn't be doing, that does come off as hypocritical. Which is why in my life, uh, if you're not my son, Logan, I will very, very rarely tell you what you can and can't do or what you should and shouldn't do. Uh, I, I know a lot of people in my life probably get sick of hearing this from me, but if they ask me a question, I'll be like, how old are you? Oh, okay. You're an adult. Do what you got to do. 
I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not your boss. I'm not your parent. I'm not your dad. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to help you. If you really, truly want my advice, I'll give it to you. And then, you know, you can take it or leave it. I'm not going to force you to see things my way or do things my way because that's not my job. I'm not a Holy Spirit cop. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, in my theology, I don't need to save you from a, uh, a lake of fire called hell where quote unquote bad people go when they die because that's not my theology. I don't believe in any of that stuff. So I don't need to worry about that stuff. So I don't need to worry you about that stuff. I can live and let live. I can let you be who you are and do what you're going to do. And I can love you anyway. But the thing of it is, is like I said, people are watching. And when they know what you're about, they watch you even more. They watch you even harder. So here's the good news. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. When I say this all the time. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. And when God looks at Jesus, he sees you. There's no difference and there's no separation. How could there be separation between God and man when God lives in man? There couldn't be. There can't be. There isn't. Jesus said, I and my father are one. Jesus said, when the comforter comes, you will know that I am in you and you are in me. Basically, he was like, you know, I am the walrus. I in you and you and me and we are all together. It's this idea of our true identity of who we really are. So if Christ is the invisible image of the invisible God and Christ lives in us and reveals himself to us and in us and through us and as us, then we are the visible image of the invisible God. We are God's love letter to the world. We are the message that God has put out there for all of humanity to see, for all of creation to see, for all of the world to see. We are what God wants to express to people. Again, we're his love letter. He wrote it in our hearts so that it can come out of our hearts. So that when we do things heartily as unto the Lord, when we do things to the best of our ability because it's in our heart to do it, that's when people will see God. That's when people will see love because that's who God is. And if God or love lives in us and lives through us and comes out of us, that's what people will see. That's the letter that they'll read when they watch us, when they look at us. And, 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 and it's kind of cool when people are expecting something you know, bad and then we defy their expectations by giving them something great. I've seen the look on people's faces when that happens and it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. It's almost like you strike them speechless, like they don't know what to do because they didn't get the bad result that, that they were looking for. Instead, they got a more excellent way. And anytime you can show somebody a more excellent way, they will then gravitate towards that. They will want that. They will run towards that. That, to me, is what it, uh, what the book of Revelation means when it talks about the spirit and the bride say, come. It doesn't say, come or else. It says, come and get it. God has made it available to us, and all we have to do is receive it and release it. All we have to do is make it available to others. The letter that he wrote on our hearts is the letter that others read when when we show them what's in our hearts. 
John 1.18 reads, and this is my last uh, verse for today. I'm going to wrap us up here pretty quick. John 1.18 reads, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, which is Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So it's like this. If nobody has ever seen God, which I find to be kind of a weird statement when, when Noah looked God in the face and found grace in the eyes of the Lord, when, when there's many examples in the Bible of, uh, and you know, sometimes God would, would hide his face from his people, but sometimes he would show his face to his people. Like, uh, what I think John means here more than anything is nobody has ever understood God. Nobody has a, 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 a full understanding of who he is. Because that would be saying that you understand love. And I think a lot of people understand a lot of aspects of love. But I also think that love is so much bigger than we could ever imagine that we've only ever seen the outer fringes of God's glory, as I believe it says in the book of Job. So what we do is we test the height and length and depth and breadth of God's love by loving each other. We stretch God's love out as far as we can by loving each other bigger and harder and stronger than we ever thought that we could. And that's how we show people who God is. That's how we are the visible image of the invisible God. That's how we reveal God to people. God reveals himself to us, and then we reveal what he has revealed to others. Again, he wrote the letter on our hearts, and then we write that letter on each other's hearts. We, we, we build that connection. We build that bridge. We, will, we build that bond and that relationship. We show people who God is simply by loving them. There's no other way to show people who God is. You can beat them over the head with the Bible, and you can chapter and verse them to death, but God is love, period. In order for people to see God, in order for people to know God, in order for people to understand God, what we need to do is love them. Show them who God is by showing them what love is. And that means standing by them, even in their darkest hours, even in their worst times in their lives, because that's when people need love the most. The people that are the hardest to love are the people who need love the most, because they aren't getting it anywhere else. If they're hard to love, that means not many people are loving them which means you have an awesome opportunity to love them. And if and, and listen, people know, people know when they're hard to love. I've heard it so many times from so many people that that they'll say that very thing. I know I'm a lot. I know I'm hard to love. I, 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 those are the people who need it the most and they know they need it the most. They want it so badly, but they can't seem to figure out how to get it. Because that's the key. You can't get it because love is not about getting. It's about giving. You have to understand that you already have it. You have to understand that God has given it to you. He wrote his letter on your heart so that other people can read his letter through you. So in order for other people to read that letter of love that you are, you have to show them that letter of love. You have to show them who you are. You have to show them who God is by loving them, by letting God love you and loving him back by loving people. That's what this life is for. That's what this life is all about. 
when 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 you have these questions of identity when when you're stuck and you don't know what to do do what you know just love people and, and if you feel like you don't have any love to give go to the source read the letter yourself read the letter that god has written in other people or read the letter that he has written in you one of my favorite verses, and I didn't search it out because I didn't know God was going to drop it in my spirit like this. Uh, I believe it's in the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, maybe. Uh, David is in a tough spot, and the people are turning against him, and they want to stone him because an invading army has came and, and wiped them out and, and took their, I, I believe he took their women and children. And it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I find myself needing to do that on, on a daily basis, on a constant basis, because a lot of times, you know, people, there's this idea, I think it's a school idea about uh, bucket dipping, about people dipping out of your bucket or filling your bucket. And a lot of people just want to dip into your bucket and take and take and take. They want what you have and they're not afraid to take it. So in order to keep your bucket full, you can't take it from others and you can't dip out of their buckets you have to look to the source and in our spiritual case the 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 bucket is full of god's love and if you feel like you're empty and you need a refill go to the source go to god go to god's love read the letter that he wrote on your heart read the letter that he wrote on other people's hearts understand his heart for us and our heart for each other let what has been written be read and read it aloud. Read it loud and proud. We are God's love letter to the world. And we are what God wants to say to the world. We are the visible image of the invisible God. We are what he wants to express because we are his expression of love. So that's what I have for this week. Thank you as always for uh, your attendance and we'll see you next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, su you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it to uh to help me to get the word out which you know as we know by now is is my heart is just getting this word out word without walls ministry um so just thank you for your support i love you and there's nothing you can do about it amen